Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk, a podcast on recovery with Elizabeth Pudwell and MG. We bring you our experience, strength, and hope from a variety of sources, therapy, 12-step recovery, and life lessons of long-term sobriety. To contact us, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Sober Sisters Talk. We're glad you're here. Now here's our next podcast. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. Thank you. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. This is MG. <laughs> and, I'm Elizabeth, and I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. So it's December, and um, I have lights on outside. Do you? Uh, oh, no. Yeah. That's the last thing I have on my mind is, you know, I've got, like, priorities. I've got, like, work, sleep, eating, resting, you know, I mean. You I... know, and so this is what makes our our relationship work. Um, so we are in totally different. So, yeah, MG's, like, in this space where she's really practicing self-care and, um She's sort of like in this recovery phase of, of um, a physical, um, a physical type way. Yeah. Um, you know, taking care of her body really well, and because um, she, you know, had an ailment about a year ago, and it's still kind of lingering. And we're in the middle of this stupid pandemic, you know, so we're all afraid of getting sick. And then I'm, you know, on a completely different end of the spectrum i've got lights up outside i've got grandkids that um santa's gonna come and i've got a tree and i'm expecting um my family next thursday for christmas eve we have dinner at my house and then um next friday um the 25th i will go there after you know in the afternoon so um we're on we're just on different ends of the spectrum and but we understand each other and support each other and it's kind of what it's stimulating as well you know because it's like i get to hear about your experiences and you get to hear about mine well and i feel like i am in the christmas spirit you know i feel i feel like i'm in a emotionally i'm in a good place and you know there's a woman that works in my office and she was like we need some christmas decorations or something and I thought to myself, that chance, you know, or like, go ahead, sister, put them up, you know, go get the box. I mean, I'm not certainly doing it, you know, but it doesn't mean I'm a bah humbug. I just feel like for me, the Christmas is going to be about making connections. And so, you know, for listeners, we are going to have our Zoom meeting next Friday night on Christmas evening at 6 p.m. Elizabeth and I will be there to you know share our gifts with you our experience strength and hope and to receive gifts from all of you as well so you know i feel like i'm in a i'm in a really good place considering you know the challenges that i've had this year and then we're also going to be doing our podcast on january 1st which is a week later 
And I think that that's going to be uh, an excellent time for us to rededicate ourselves to program, to each other, to continuing the work, and being intentional about our relationships, which is going to be our topic today. Exactly. Because, you know, I am I'm in this mess that I got into because I was not intentional. So, like, my first boyfriend, I met, um, I don't think I've ever told you guys this story, but... Um, so I come from a big family there's six kids and I have a sister that's two years older than me and I was at the movies with my girlfriend and this former boyfriend of my older sisters was there at the at the movies and he came in and he sat next to me and he held my hand oh my god I was like smitten you know and so I, I we ended up being in a relationship from then on and this was the guy I lost my virginity to. Um, I was only 14 years old. And um, I started smoking cigarettes. I started smoking pot. I started drinking and all the other stuff I did with this dude. And all because he was at the theater and sat next to me and held my hand. And I just, there was a lot of things in this guy that I did not like. Um, and that didn't work for me. But did I ever acknowledge that? <laughs> no. Because it felt so good to be paid attention to. So I took, you know, I everything that I wanted, I threw out the window and I sold my soul to the devil because it felt so good to be paid attention to. It was the first time you accepted crumbs you know to your to your credit you had no idea what you wanted and I'm sure you were young like 13 or 14 right and so it's like you know that was your first foray into just trying to figure all this stuff out so from how old you were then to how old you are now has been a huge learning curve. Definitely. But I, you know, I do look back on even, so I have had three main, you know, three relationships. Um, that guy, was his name was Mark. And then I met my, um, my ex-husband right after Mark and married him. And it was the same kind of thing. We just like met and... There was some things that he had, but there was also red flags and there was things that, you know, I, I knew were an issue, but I kept, one of them was like, I kept thinking like, oh, well, that will change. Um, you know, we were not, a, we were not a match sexually. He, um, was your ex-husband? Yes, my ex-husband. Um, and it just wasn't, it, it, we were not a match that way. And yet... I went into it anyway. There was there was red flags, and that that part of it was huge for me. But I went into it. I just thought, well, you know, that'll change. He'll he'll grow and whatever. But it didn't. And did, I was did you not. Feel, did you feel like you could change him? Oh hell yes! Oh. I thought that everything would change. I was nineteen. I was eighteen when we met. I was nineteen when we got married. Dang. Mm -hmm. And I was pregnant. 
So you had so, a child by the time you were 20. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was not, so I was not intentional about, about the relationship. I was not intentional about getting pregnant. That, that was not, you know, part of the plan. I, it just happened. Um, so you were just kind of flowing along with life. Yep. So with everything. Well, sure. And I think a lot of us do until we learn that, you know, not only do I have permission to advocate for myself and live my own life, but I'm the only one that's going to do it. I think it's, it's sort of like this. If, if I could narrow, you know, sort of really funnel into the topic, it would be like, what, what counsel would you give your younger self? Yeah. And what I would tell my younger self is to be intentional. Know what it is that you want. Because I, MG, as we did the work, as I went through the steps with my um, sponsor, I realized, like, I was the same with romantic relationships, with my friendships, with my work relationships, with where I lived, everything. With every everything, I was not intentional. I was just like, oh, oh, there's a pretty one. Let's live there, you know. Um, that's a good job. I'll take that one. Now, somewhere along the line, I became mature enough to be like, okay, <laughs> I need to make decisions. But I'd love to hear your take on this. Like, you know, what your, you know, what would you give? What, what counsel would you give your younger self? You know, one of my one of my fantasies that I have sometimes, and like fantasy in a good way, not a bad way, but I like, you know, it's sort of like if I could go back and redo my life and, you know, try to have a different relationship with my family members and things like that, that I just would not worry about the guys at all. And I think that it's easier for me to think like that now from this perspective because, you know, I'm postmenopausal and I have no desire. But, you know, Elizabeth, when we were 13 and 14, you know, these hormones were kicking in. And I don't know if we in Sex and Love Addicts had a double dose of hormones, but, you know, we... I noticed that too, MG. I thought about that this morning. I thought, thank God. You know, my sex drive is not there. Now, it does, and I will tell you, like, when you are in a relationship and, and, like, getting physical, it comes back. So it's not like, but it is not like it was when we were 30. Right. Well, because, you know, the the hormones aren't driving the bus now. Our intellect and, and our emotional selves now are grounded and we're driving the bus. But but I think in 13 or 14, the hormones were definitely a a big piece of that. But, you know, you and I were never coached on how to have relationships. We were never, we were never parented. We were never parented. We were never, um, you know, someone didn't sit down and say, okay, so listen, you know, here's how a man needs to treat you. I never had a father, like, you know, these father and daughter dances, which I think are kind of creepy actually, but you know, Aren't they? They're like super creepy. It's like they're, they're all these men and their daughters, and it's like they're on a date. What? They're on a date? What? Not, that, that, I agree. I agree. But it's what? Like, 
but what there's like a fuzzy line very fuzzy weird line but what they're showing these daughters is the fathers are a substitute for you know their future boyfriends on how they need to be treated you know like it's a special occasion we all dress up you get a flower corsage we go to the dance you know it's a special time so they're they're being treated in a special way so i get that piece of it but um you know, but, you know, I never had a father say, okay, so, you know, let's talk about your choices and men, and here's the kind of man you need to be with. None of that, none of that. So we were left to our own devices. So it was about experimentation. And I have to say that most of my, uh, you know, sex and love addict girlfriends are pretty adventurous. I mean, you know, considering all the places that, you know, I acted out, you know, I'm like, it's crazy but you know we experimented and we tried to figure out uh you know what works what doesn't work and for me the hormones I think drove the relationship drove the sex and then my emotions got uh co-opted by that so now I know that that I must not have sex first that I must get to know their character and who they are as individuals first before I let the sex happen because the sex will take me off into another relationship, another piece of it. And it's meant to be that way. It's meant to deepen the relationship. But if it's a shit person that you're starting to have sex with, then that's not going to change. And when I real have always realized, oh my God, this is a shit person and I'm in love with them, then what do you do? Then you have to extricate yourself and it's just a goddamn nightmare. So what I would say to my younger self is, you have no idea what you're doing, so just take it easy. <laughs> just fucking wait. <laughs> Just, you know. You have no idea what you're doing. You have no idea what you're doing. Dumbass. Girl, just, you know. Don't go out with that guy in California who date raped you. You know, don't go out with him. Don't go home with him. You know. So I think, like, I think what, um, I think what I would tell myself is that what I would tell your younger person is that you deserve to have what you want and you don't have to settle for anybody that doesn't fit exactly what it is that you want. And that person should make you laugh and should be kind and gentle. Oh yeah. And, and, and supportive we, we... and encouraging, you know? And so I, I was just, the reason that I was thinking about if, you know, you work your steps, and the qualifier comes back, but that person is still not emotionally mature, which is one of the problems that you had in the first place. Do you take that person, you know, do you go back? So um, let's say that you work the steps at, as a person in recovery, and then at the end of it, the person, you know, the last guy comes back and he wants, you know, he's promising to work on himself, and but he hasn't. Do you, do you take that in? You and know, my, 
the way that go ahead yeah you can do would you uh well fuck no <laughs> and you know and the piece but of why it, not well okay so here's the deal so it, it because listen we all do this at the beginning of our recovery when you know you told me i had to go you know, 90 days without contact with my qualifier. I thought 90 days, how am I going to do 90 days? But I was like, okay, I'll do 90 days. And by the time 90 days came around, you know, I had no desire to have any contact with that person. And after six months came around, I had no contact. You know, I mean, actually I did break my sobriety after six months because I just was actually it was like September to 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 May so it was like you know six or five to seven months and and you know when I just was obsessed about I got obsessed about him and I had the obsessive thought and I went online and I did some stalking and all it did was validate and verify that he was not the guy for me but it's a little bit of a different thing because you know, he didn't come back and want to be in my life. You know, I go, I go, I get with men who, you know, because of my anorexic, I get with men who are anorexic. So they never come back to me. It's rare that they ever do come back. But if one did come back and want to have a relationship with me, I, I would be, I would just be in a different place. But you can't say that going into it. I mean, that's the hope and the goal when we go into it is that, I get well, and therefore I can present myself differently, and therefore the relationship may have a chance. And when in all actuality, what I have seen happen time and time again is I get well and change what I want or become very clear about what I want and say no to what I don't want. And that is one of the gifts of the program. We do get to get that clarity of, what intentions are and that is what that is the message that i would give to my my younger self and not just about you know with the guy that i end up dating but friendships and you know i've had friendships that felt very similar to my dating relationships and you know where <clears throat> i remember i had this friend she was my best friend and we were in recovery together. We were in the program together and, and then we started working another program together. And, um, and then she said, let's do this thing on Friday night. And I was like, okay, we're going to do it. And I made all these plans. And then, um, Friday, she told me she was sick and that she couldn't go anywhere. And so I canceled the plans and I drove by her house and um i saw that she was there with her boyfriend and it was sort of like you know it just i and i realized you know at first i was really really hurt and then i realized you know here's the thing is that i know who she is and i know what her stuff is you know i i'm i'm picking my my friends from this program and you know my my stuff is expecting <laughs> having those unrealistic expectations of somebody to, you know, act the way I think they should act. And I, I and I got to work through that really quickly and see like, you know, that's that person is unrecovered. And you know, yeah, it hurts when somebody 
kind of lies to you like that, you know, but um, I would counsel my younger self to make sure that I had plenty of friends and that I could fill that void with somebody else or have something else, you know, on the fly ready to do. And that goes back to this idea of being intentional. And as we do grow and as we heal and we get wisdom about ourselves and others, then we do make better choices. We make better choices in work relationships, better choices in how we deal with our family, better choices in friend relationships, you know, and I've money. Been, money. And I've been really fortunate to have like a really strong group of friends that I've known for 30 years. And we don't talk all the time, but you know, any one of them can call me and they'll say, Oh my God, did you see what was on the news? I'm like, can you believe it? And then we can talk for two hours, you know? And, uh, so I, I'm really been grateful in that regard that I've really been able to choose good friends. So to my younger self, I would say, choose your boyfriend like you would choose your friends, which is, you know, I mean, listen, if a girlfriend ever did any small slight to me, like this woman you're talking about, that was a gut punch. I'd be like, you were dead to me. And I would never do that with a guy. I'd be like, Oh, well, maybe next time it'll be different. You it know? will be like, I have to do something to, to you know, I'm there must be something wrong with me. Yeah. Not them. No. If a girlfriend snubs me, I mean, they're gone. So it's, uh, so, so that would be a good piece of advice. But being intentional, but today my relationships are intentional. And I'll tell you about like something that happened at work. So, you know, you and I have talked about this on the podcast before where, you know, I have a coworker that comes and makes statements at me, you know, the printer's not working. Well, okay. I think to myself, you know, what do you want? And uh, a couple of weeks ago, she was off on a Friday and she called me and she said, I think Amazon has delivered a package to the front door and our office is locked. We don't let anybody in. And I'm like, okay, do you want me to go check to see if it's there? And she said, well, Amazon said it's there. And I'm like, okay, do you want me to go and look at it? She goes, I don't know what you're saying. Of course I want you to go look at it. Duh. She was really kind of short and snappy with me. And I said, you know, I I said, I don't know what you're asking. I said, you're just making statements. So I don't know what it is that you want. So that's all I'm doing. I'm just trying to make, ask clarity questions And, you know, a piece of it was that I'm trying to, quote, unquote, teach her how to communicate with me. And I realized my intention is that I do not have to try to teach these coworkers (laughs) how to act right. So you put the police hat on, didn't you? I'm the police. I'm dead. I did. You're not asking me. You're telling me. Of course it's there, you know. Yeah. And so I realized that I have to be very intentional with these people that I work with. And my intention is that I can't expect them to be better communicators than they are. My intention is that I accept them where they are and as they are. And I'm going to try to do better in terms of just, you know, going with the flow 
Of course she wants me to get up and go All check right, for the I'm fucking... I'm going to go check and see if it's there. Wait right here. Yeah, where do you want it? Where do you want me to put it? That's the question I need to be asking her. So, you know... You want me to bring it by? <laughs> are you out in your car waiting for me to bring it? I don't know. But, you know, being more intentional with that. And, you know, for the new year, I intend to call my family more, call my friends more. I've kind of been in shutdown mode where I've really like, I don't, I don't feel well. I don't want to talk to anybody and I need to flip that. I need to flip that. Not that I'm, I, I don't want to commiserate. I'm not calling them to say, Oh, let me tell you about my ailments. That's not what I'm doing. You know, what I want to do is to have more connection with them because when I have more connection with my friends and family, as a result of that, I do feel better. Right. I love that. In fact, let's put it out there right now. Um, if you are making an intention for 2021, send us an email and we'll put it on the, we'll read those on the podcast. You can yeah. send us an email to sober sisters talk at gmail.com. And, you know, it could be like, just stay sober, you know, one day at a time or define sobriety, or it could just be like, you know, be intentional with my friends or um, sponsor somebody. But we'd love to hear what it is that you are going to, you know, do you have an intention for 2021? And if you want to share it with us, email us and we'll read those. Um, we'll read those next week when we record our podcast. And, you know, and they could be affirmations as well. You know, intentions and affirmations are very, very similar. And uh, so, you and know, powerful. and send us your affirmations, you know, my affirmation, I'm starting to work on my affirmations that, you know, that 2021 is going to be a great year where I'm going to become strong and healthy and slim and powerful and active and full of happiness and surrounding myself with great friends, recovery partners. And pandemic free, <laughs> please. Pandemic free, please, my God, my God. Bring me that vaccine, I'll take it. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, thank you listeners. And again, if you do have something that you wanna to send to us, SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. Thank you, until next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sober Sisters Talk podcast. To find our podcast, we're at www.sobersisterstalk.com. We're also on Apple iTunes and on Facebook. See you next week.